Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're back again, mate. Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Sai. We're not the hairy bikers now. We are the agony uncles. Uncle Sai and Uncle Dave. As the Radio Times once described us, the two uncles that you don't want to come round to Christmas, but you have to have them anyway. Yes, welcome, listeners, to episode two. And thank you all very much for listening. It's uh, It was our first episode last week, obviously. And we've had some great messages, mate, haven't we? We have, with some brilliant messages. We, we, you know, people are writing, and we'd love to, for you to get into touch with your problems or any solutions you might have to the problems you hear on the show. You know, we're not infallible. Any help would be gratefully received. Now, we've been contacted by Fernie Nepper. Oh, do you reckon that's what? a real name, Kingy? Fernie Nepper? No, no. It's no. a pseudonym for something weird. Yeah, like Jack the Ripper. And and he said, but Fernie said that he thought the first cod, cod past, the first cod past was fabulous. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice. And, and also, thanks to Terry Randall, who writes... Hi, boys. Just want to say, I've listened to your first episode and I can't stop laughing. I'm loving the advice to Donald. Keep it up and can't wait till the next one. What advice did we give Donald? I can't remember. Hmm. Sounds like the perfect excuse for a flashback to last week's show. Once I finally got into bed, the shock came. I'm not hugely experienced when it comes to naked men, says Beryl, but nothing prepared me for this. Oh. He was the hairiest man I had ever seen. Oh. It was like going to bed with a womble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, better. Get it waxed, Donald. Get it waxed. Get it off. Either that or get yourself a... I've seen them on, online. They call a manscaper. You could suggest that, although it would cost a few quid, Beryl. And that, I don't know how if Donald's set up financially to do that. Or you could wax... I mean, it could be the first point of commitment from Donald. In this week's podcast, we'll be answering more of your problems. So welcome back, Jeevesy, who will be posing the questions. Hi, Mark. Hi, mate. Nice to see you. Nice to see you both. Just to go back to Donald, Donald and Beryl, this was a problem from last week where we had a very hairy man. Uh, so Donald was very hairy, if you remember. This did cause quite a few comments from uh, friends that I know who listen to uh, to this. And uh, and so, um, anyway, as you say, you came up with a great solution. Hopefully Donald is now completely shaven and all is well. Yep, Donald, wax, crack, back and sack. <laughs> that yes. should be your mantra from now on. That's it. I've now got Donald in my head as, uh, as, as, yes, Mr. Bick. Mr. Bol- <laughs> Mr. Baldy Balls. <laughs> Plus, we also welcome a new voice, a mm. member of the Hairy Bikers backroom team, our management, yes. the management, who claims to be someone who can always see both sides of the story. She's a balanced justice. Who was it, that one that cut, cut babies in half and give half to one another, you know, to... Caliglia. No, 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 no. It was in the Bible. You're the oh. Solomon, Judgment of Solomon. She is our little Solomon. 
we call her with the greatest respect, Posh Tash. Yes. I mean, not that she's hairy at all, because obviously it would be given her the same advice as we gave Donald. We don't mean Tash as in, you know, top of the lip, because that would also be wrong. Well, would you like to introduce yourself, Posh? Um, yeah, I'll introduce myself with my poshest accent possible, although I'm slightly affronted by the fact that I'm actually being called Posh Tash, because really I'm not a Posh Tash. I'm honestly, I'm not. I mean, I've had my moments. I have, um, the problem is I was actually brought up in Surrey and it's very hard to say Surrey without saying it with a posh accent. There's a little part of me that does agree. Potentially I could be posh tash, but I don't think I really am. But I do have an opinion quickly to say, I didn't agree with your Donald advice last week. I've been dying to come on this podcast to tell you why. Why? Because I felt you went for the fact that he should sacrifice something he's had all his life for her. Whereas really, she should have embraced him and just combed his back. Combed it all. Loved it. Stroked it. Didn't think it should come off. I think that was pretty unfair. You love Donald. Hair and all. Hairy bikers, we love you, hair and all. So, Tash, do you think marriage should be like that? My marriage isn't like that. My wife would just take a... She'd take a strimmer to me, do you know what I mean? Sit down. You haven't, and she's still with you. You haven't had. A, you haven't got all bald. It's not the bald bikers. You're not sitting there with no hair. You obviously stood by your ground to that me, love me or else. And so I thought Donald had a bit of a fair app last week. I'd have stroked him. <laughs> well, I tell you what, this is going somewhere. We didn't expect the podcast to go. She's no. only just been on 10 minutes. I know. I'd gone for a nice quiff on his back. I'd have stroked it. I'd have combed it. I'd have done it. You cannot have back hair quiffs. It's just not... How do you go into the barbers and go, excuse me, can you quiff me back hair? I mean, nobody's going to see it. Well, do you know what? There's a guy, actually. I've got somebody that I know that loves the Guinness Book of Records. And there is a guy that has to go in. He's so he's Britain's hairiest man. And he has to go to the barbers. He spends an hour in there. And the hairdresser blow dries it all the way down because he goes to about four towels every shower. So he goes and does it once a week in the hairdresser. So she blow dries him and combs it down. You get rid of it. Get rid Donald. of it. Yeah. I, I love it the way Tash said, sorry. It's like an apology, isn't it? Yes, yeah, sorry. sorry. I'm sorry, sorry for being here. <laughs> Oh, I'm so pleased, so pleased you are. Well, yes, no, we are, because you are the adjudicator of all normality in a sort of posh... Yeah, way. what you say goes. Yeah. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. It's going to be a packed podcast uh, today, Uncle Si. And Uncle Dave, so please get your caring trousers on as you uh, grapple with ghastly garlic. You explore the rhythm method. We look at crimes against fruit. And in Confidential Corner, later on today, Grandma goes too far. But first, it's to food we turn. Food makes everything better. And remember, if you want any more information on the Hairy Bikers foodie stuff, that's all on thehairybikers.com. Everything's online there. And this first problem comes from Barbara, and uh, it's inspired, I think, because Dave last week said he didn't want any letters or problems coming in to do with garlic. So that's inspired many of you to get in touch with problems about garlic, Barbara included. (laughs) (laughs) It says, Hello, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. I'm married to the most wonderful guy in the world, But following an accident in Canada years ago, I've been left with a lot of pain, spinal pain. John, my husband, is an amazing guy. He cares for me daily without a grumble ever. He's truly wonderful, a brilliant dad and a granddad too. The problem? John hates garlic with a vengeance. So I never cook with it, 
or eat it when we're out. I do love curries, but I don't eat them or anything that has garlic in it. I've been told that if you take the centre bit of the clove out, it stops the smell. Is this true? Or can you think of a way to get him to enjoy a little garlic? Thanks for the many happy hours I've spent watching your brilliant programmes from Barbara. Over to you. I've got friends have a similar problem to that. She does and he doesn't. So if there's any garlic, he starts to burp and is quite repelled by it, really. But no, I, I, I love garlic. I think sometimes that a lot of the garlic we get these days isn't invasive enough. In fact, I think it's neutralised. You know, yes. I used to love it when you're a student, you go on that holiday in the sun and you have a first garlicky snog, you know, and it's seeping out through the pores of your skin. It, no, no, embrace the, embrace the clove. The technical question is, do we take the... Se- I haven't got a flaming clue. I've never wanted to take the clove out, the, the, the centre bit out of the garlic. Why? Because I like garlic. So I don't know. But all, I mean, all garlic isn't created equal, is it? I no, think she needs to explore with different varieties of garlic. Maybe try the elephant garlic, the really big one. It's so mild. I wonder if her man, if Barbara's fella can eat onions. Ah, this is, you know what? That's just come into my head as well. Look, just lie to him and say that there's no garlic and then he'll get to like it. I mean, you know, you're not going to take the centre out of a flaming clove of garlic. Are you mad? Yeah, life's too no. short. No. Oh, my. No, it's, it's funny that. I mean, my father was like that about garlic. Not that I ever think he tasted garlic. He wouldn't eat Heinz chicken soup. They put Why? garlic in it. Oh. Oh, but I remember the first time I went, first when I started reading cookbooks, I kind of love my bit of garlic. And I went up to Asta's and I read this recipe. It said three cloves of garlic. I put three heads of garlic because I didn't know what a clove was. And I indeed had to agree that it was a slightly overdone it. Do you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. since then, I know we're both passionate, aren't we? Oh, well, we are passionate about garlic. Actually, I have kissed you on numerous occasions smelling of garlic, David. Yeah, not on the lips, though. No, no, always on the cheek, but next to your nose so you can smell it. But some, 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 some garlic does make you windy, doesn't it? Yes, yes. I have to say, I've been locked in a studio with five men, all of which have eaten garlic, and I can absolutely say for sure that that is true, Dave. What sort of studio do you mean, Simon? A rec- No, not that sort of studio. <laughs> not the ones you get in, like, you know, dark alleys in Amsterdam. Not them ones. A, a, a recording studio. Yeah, I know it's your drummer, because he's, he's skinny, but he's one of those people, because he's, like, you know, Spanish descent, isn't he? He eats yes. loads of garlic. But when, every time he hits that bass pedal on his bass drum, he rips <laughs> one, doesn't he? Yeah, lets one rip until it all wafts through the... It's, it's just, yes, no. Aye, that's why they call him Ivan the Terrible, isn't it? They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. But what was the <laughs> Remember in Italy when we were exploring the Cucina Povera, on a serious note? Oh, yes. We were cooking, because I mean, like to put a couple of cloves of garlic in, three cloves of garlic in. Remember that chef, Giuseppe? He used yes. half a clove of garlic. It was so specific. That yes. is all that was needed. And like I was watching Stanley Tucci... Who, who's a, who we met a couple of times on telly last night in Italy. And he was saying they were cooking away this wonderful courgette pasta. But they put kind of like a head of garlic, but put that in the oil and just let the head circulate round. It was used in a very, very subtle manner. Maybe Barbara should try to embrace that. Maybe in that case, it's a bit like homeopathy. Less could be more, Barbara. Uh, yes. And what do you think, Posh Tash? Well, I was going to say, in my poshness, um, that I, uh, earlier in the year, 
took my children to the garlic farm and restaurant on the Isle of Wight. Oh. And I personally am not a massive fan of garlic breath, but I, with Dave, did think in the past, not the posh people have ever done this, but I did think in the past, if I ate garlic, I wouldn't ever get a kiss. But every time I ate garlic, I managed to pull. So which I found quite interesting. <laughs> so actually, I do think there's something in that. So potentially, if Barbara took him to the lovely garlic farm and the beautiful restaurant, and I had no idea there were so many pieces of garlic. I still saw it all growing. I had no idea. It's stunning. If maybe she took him there to a beautiful restaurant, a beautiful farm, had a lovely dinner, maybe he'd embrace it because he might get lucky. No, I think you're right. They, 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 I know the uh, we, well. We both know the garlic farm on the Isle of Wight quite well, and they have different varieties of garlic. Some yeah. subtle, some pungent. Special varieties that you can grow in England as well that do well in our climate. I think maybe you, you're right. It's the garlic you're using, Barbara. It's like the the supermarket stuff that's been on the shelf for ages and dried out. It, it can be a bit yuck once you do use it. Mm. I think there's mm. a bit of manners in it, though. A bit of manners. It's politeness, goes. You don't want stinky breath, so... Oh, you just... What about Tic Tacs? <laughs> Give him some well, mints. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a whole industry of mints that you've just written off this face of the earth. Posh tash. You know, you know why they're having the mints. That's the worst thing. And then it's that sort of garlicky bit comes over through the mints. I'd rather a fresh, a fresh proper mint from the beginning, from scratch. No garlic underneath. No garlic undertones. I tell you what takes garlic breath away... Pretty quickly. Fresh parsley. Is that true? Yeah. 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 Is it? It is. Yeah, yeah, that's a cook's trick. <laughs> right, so what's the solution, do you think, for Barbara? I think she should um, not give up on it and just try and break him in gently. I yeah. agree. Or dump him. Just saying. I mean, there's extremes, isn't there? And we've gone for the nice bit in the middle. Maybe go back to Donald a bit. Maybe she just needs to be more tolerant. Maybe he needs to be more tolerant. He should try it. And, you know, it's a bit of give and take, me. I mean, my, my wife's from Transylvania, so you can imagine our relationship with garlic. <laughs> By God, sometimes she hums. You know, I, I like it, though. It, I like it. You know, it, but, it, but it reminds me of, of my Romanian home, you know? That's oh, nice. Love, that's love, that right there, Dave. That's mm. love. I agree. Mm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Problem number two. Uh, this comes from Joe Nelson. And it says, My problem is actually for Cy. But of course, Dave and Poshtash, I'm sure you can have a crack at it too. Cy, I have found that I've lost my rhythm. I just can't seem to get my rhythm right. I was wondering if you've ever had this problem and what you've done to remedy it. I would love to get back into my groove. And that's from Joe. Over to you. <laughs> Go on, Si. Go on. Well, I, I, I've got to tell you, I, I know how, how Joe feels because I, I, there, there's a shaker called a kibasa. And I had this kibasa part to overlay on a track that we recorded and it needed to be on the one and the three count. And I could not get it into me bonds. So I went away, had a very, very stiff drink, came back and got it right. 
because I was overthinking it, you see. And the thing is, start with just walking and feeling the rhythm of walking because that's what everybody has to do, unless you don't. And then you just do that and then you'll get back into your groove and it'll be fine, you know. And, and then, you know, the whole rhythm section comes in and the rhythm method follows and it's all great. What's it, not to love? It is true, Si. I, I've often been out with you in the evening and at first, like, you, you do love the dance floor. I mean, yeah. you start off a bit shaky, but when you're well tanked up, as you put it, was going to plant my feet and bang me head, you, right. you, you do go for it like a good one. You're like a pile yeah. driver. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just got to give this sort of thing time, you know. Yeah. What about you, Posh Dash? I mean, I like a bit of rhythm, I'll be honest. I mean, well, posh yeah. or not. Posh people still like rhythm. Um, whether I've got rhythm is another matter. But, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I quite, I, funny enough... I've got a. I like. I like. I like to tap along to things, and I like to move. But the moment you asked me to do it in public, I couldn't do it. Oh, well, what about you, Dave? You like a bit of a dance and a jig about? Oh, yes. Speaking that. as a professional dancer, of course, dancer who reached week seven on Strictly, of course, because it was there on the internet. To see my sense of rhythm was particularly perfect, but it was all down to the count. You know, one, two, three, four, five. But you see, the only problem is nobody told me that I shouldn't count out loud, really. So there's a couple of dances <laughs> where I'm going. I know about, like the cha-cha-cha. You have to go on two, don't you? So it's yeah. two, three, cha-cha-cha, two, three. But, you know, there, there are methods. That, maybe that's what you call the rhythm method. No, just thank you. Can I thank you, Dave, for saying dancer? Because it made me feel a lot more comfortable. I felt like I wasn't the only posh person in the room suddenly. He did that on purpose. Yeah, I did. It's not something that Craig Revel Hall would ever called me. No, no. Yeah, but he, he's he, he's bitter, Dave, because he knows how fabulous you were. It was. They couldn't get rid of me. They tried. No, By God, they tried. They the Daily Mail they tried. They had a campaign to get me chucked off. Oh, I'll tell you, who did a sh- what, what's his name? The fellow who does The Apprentice. Who? Alan, Alan, thing, sugar. Alan Sugar, yeah, he wrote in the Daily Mail I should do the gentlemanly thing and resign because people who were better dancers were getting chucked off. So I replied with the headline, years ago I bought one of his Amstrad computers and it was crap, but I kept it to myself. I said he can go and stick his head in a bucket of custard. It's out there in the media, so I'm not telling tales. So anyway, my, my sense of rhythm, I have been challenged on occasion, so I know I, I can sympathise with, with this gentleman. Oh, lady, because it's gender non-specific. Oh, oh, I thought it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, but you see, you've been playing drums since you were like in the womb, haven't you? Which is why you know. I mean, your legs occasionally vibrate in rhythm. It's very annoying, but you know, know. you you do have this kind of symbiotic rhythm thing going on. Yeah, it's like one of those dogs in the back, you know, where you get free with your insurance. Hello, Churchill. Churchill, hello, Churchill. Don't want like that. And your head goes from nice thing to say. I heard the other day that anyone with great rhythm, um, apparently, like uh, drummers, all good drummers, they can't sing and drum because your rhythm is so ingrained to the bass of the drum that you can't keep the rhythm of the tune on top. So it's only Phil Collins in the world that can actually sing and drum at the same time. What about Karen Carpenter? Yes, Karen Carpenter yeah. could. She sang like yeah. an angel and played the drums. And uh, and also uh, Glenn Fry from the Eagles, he did great well. Uh, Shoot me down. Shoot Posh down. Well, I just listen. I'm just telling you. And I mean, you know. Dave Clark, uh, the Dave Clark Five. Yeah, yeah. Bits yeah. and pieces that shaped my childhood, that. Not that anybody listening to this probably remembers. But he had rhythm. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. The, the, is, is it Joe, the person that's afflicted? Maybe they should buy them some, <laughs> buy some drums. Oh, uh, yeah. 
It's great therapy. And, and apparently it's very good. There's a great charity that Dave and I know about called the Nordoff Robbins Trust. And they do music therapy and it's fantastic. Uh, the, the, and the effects that that, that that has just to just to play and, you know, it doesn't have to be the next number one single. It's just it's just about playing. It has really positive effects. Or you can get a set of maracas. Or bongos, sit in front of the telly, watching EastEnders yeah. with the bongos, boom, 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 you know, and try and go along with whatever's on the telly. It's, it's got to yeah. listen to the right thing, I, I mean, think. got to find your right thing, because you've got, you, you'll find your rhythm no matter, you know, if you've got your right music, you'll find your rhythm. And that's exactly true, Poshtash, because what we do, what happens is, and also, if that, if Joe is kind of stuck in a rut, because we all get stuck in a rut a little bit with music, don't we? And uh, just try and listen to something that you haven't heard before. Try and listen to samba or a Cuban beat or, you know, whatever, or a stomp or, you know, get, you know, see how you feel. There's a rhythm to how you feel always. There's a rhythm of life. Do you remember the time we were in Mexico went to salsa classes, Kingy? I do. That was, we lasted about 10 minutes, didn't we? Ooh. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. Uno, dos, tres. We never forgot it, but, but the, no. and, and you do, after a while, especially if you sing it in Spanish, uno, dos, tres, I can't do it without moving my shoulders. Cuatro, cinco, seis. Well, actually, another time we are in Buenos Aires and we decided uh, that, that we would have the balls to tango in Argentina. So we did go when we were prepping we went to tango classes, didn't we? Oh, yes. it's so funny. We had to dance with each other then. Um, but yes. the tango, but as I said, it's like, it was like a cross between sumo wrestling and tango. Do, do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you do the flick and the kick with a tango. He took me blooming lights out. Who was that? Who was the lovely teacher that we had again? Anise. Anise. And she had a boyfriend, so we had to take turns, one of us. Dancing with the boyfriend about everybody. You, yes, it is. But we had this. We're in this cafe. The dance studio had these open French doors, but they were Argentinian doors because we're in Buenos Aires, and it was overlooking the square. Now, Sammy Joe, who's our home ec, was working with us on the recipes, so we had to have our tango lessons, <laughs> and she'd sit there with a ciggy and a gin and tonic in the square like that looking up at the window and every time that we turned around and looked out the square she'd just sneer and give us the finger didn't she she didn't do anything for our confidence oh but by god it gives an appetite for the steak and malbec didn't it oh aye it was great can you remember the uh, the radio ads people of argentina you're not eating enough meat and it was like what sort of advert is this it was like public service broadcasting on the radio eat more beef but do you remember we, we, we met the, the Argentinian fixer's uncle and this devastatingly handsome older man came in a bit like Jeeves you know the steely hair he walks in the restaurant and he says this is my uncle he eats beef four times a day Oh, he looks very well on it. We said, he said, yes, he just have quadruple bypass. <laughs> well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk, don't get drunk, just send an email, just send an email to the agony uncles. Right, dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, problem number three for today, and this is this I think is going to ex- stretch all of all of your minds because this is existential. It comes from Sarah Little who says, I have long held a conundrum in my mind which I would like some general insight on, please. You see, I found a philosophy podcast. That was all well and good. History of philosophy through the ages, you know, that kind of thing. But then I also came across a science podcast. Physics, general sort of science stuff. And I listened to that. One day, 
They were talking about religion, the crossing of science and religion, death, life after death, and so on. And one of the guests posited the thought on the death of the strawberry. This is my dilemma. Can a strawberry, the fruit itself, not the plant, die? At which point in its short little life is it dead, or did it ever really live to begin with? That's from Sarah Little. Over to you. Well, when I think about the strawberry, you know it's going to end up in a jam, don't you? <laughs> Who gives a... It's a strawberry. Yeah, well, it's, it's a strawberry. It's a strawberry. It's there to be eaten. I mean, you either eat it or, or you'd left, you'd, you, you miss it and it's in the bottom of the fridge and it goes to that irritating sticky mess with fur on it. Is a strawberry a metaphor? A metaphor for life? Life and death? But it's a pretty poor metaphor because I don't think the strawberry has feelings. Well, that's... Yeah. But that's not exactly true because you can... Apparently, the electrical pulses when you're cutting a carrot is going all over the shop. They did, like, some sort of scientific thing, you know, which basically, you know, as you're cutting a carrot, you can hear it scream electronically. Yeah. I'm thinking, all I can think of, obviously, posh tash, is that Wimbledon, therefore, is like a mass strawberry side, genocide of some sort. You know, I mean, that's horrific because you think how many strawberries go down at Wimbledon? Um, ha, you know. ha, ha, have you just said strawberry side? <laughs> you actually <laughs> did, didn't you? <laughs> but the reality is that strawberry's going to live it forever, even, if you're, even at Wimbledon. Because all those people eating the strawberries and cream, they will go back and pass the strawberries through their system. And that berry is full of seeds. Now, there are going to be a certain amount of those seeds that will come to fruition, you know, in some strange sewage plant somewhere, and the strawberry will live again. And thus, the cycle of life will go on. Or, if you have diverticulitis, they're going to be with you for a very long time, which is a serration of the lower bowel. Yeah, and that gives you, you the You shouldn't pick. be eating strawberries. <laughs> but you see, the problem is, I think going back to what Sarah was saying, she's listened to a philosophy podcasts, then she's listened to a scientific podcasts. So really, I can see that along the way, there is a conflict between the two. Because the philosophy broadcast is thinking beyond the mere act of making jam and demolishing a strawberry. But whereas the science podcast is thinking, sod it, I'll grow a strawberry, flog it, eat it, and that's the end of it. So I think that's where her problem is, 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 is lying, really. I tell you what would be really uncomfortable for a strawberry, hulling it. I think you're giving that strawberry too much credit. You know, it's a bit like a chicken. You know, there's not much going on up there, you know, in a chicken, so they say. Not that I'm <laughs> anti-chicken. Well, I love chicken, I had it yesterday. I cooked it in the Hairy Biker slow cooker, to be fair. Still available, yeah. Still available in all good slow cooker shops. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. For your final problem today, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, you are free to contribute to this. We will need three names. We need uh, two ladies' names and one male name. Because this is Confidential Corner, which means that no names, no pack drill, we protect the innocent. Names, please. Fenella. Fenella. That's a very posh name. Kingsley. Veronica. Veronica. A reliable lady's name. All right. I would say the mother-in-law in this case is Fenella. The lady writing is the Veronica. 
Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, my problem happened two weeks ago and I still have no way of seeing how to resolve it. My mother-in-law, Fenella, has never liked me. She's made that very plain right from the start and doesn't think that I'm good enough for her son. It's the little comments, like she'll say to him, Oh, darling, have you been fed well enough this week? And one time when she went away, they house sat for us and when we returned, she'd completely rearranged the living room, saying, Well, it just didn't feel as homely as it could do, dear. No, no. My husband's answer to this has always been a shrug of the shoulders and a, well, you know what she's like. Fast forward two years and we have our lovely son, a bright blonde-haired ball of energy who two weeks ago spent his first weekend at his granny's house while my husband and I had a romantic weekend away. I know that my mother-in-law disapproves of most things I do with my son, his clothes, the way I have his hair, pretty much everything, but I wasn't prepared for what I found when I went to collect him. Not only had she bought a completely new and hugely ridiculous outfit for him to wear, but to my horror, she had had his hair cut. I sent a photograph of my son to my best friend, who said he looked like a two-year-old version of Jacob Rees Mogg. (laughs) I was dumbstruck, and I had no words. Well, I had no words for about one minute. Then I'm afraid I had lots of words, none of them very good. This has caused somewhat of a rift between me and my husband, was I being unreasonable? Veronica. Absolutely not. No, I think the problem's Kingsley. Yeah. Kingsley needs to set down some boundaries and stick up for his wife. Yes. And if your child comes back looking like Jacob Rees-Mogg, that's... <laughs> no. Imagine the poor critter when he went to school. Yeah. I bet you gave him the financial times as well. Fenella sounds like a Hyacinth Bouquet character, doesn't she? Yeah, irritating. I think Kingsley needs to grow a set and and stop having a bit of a mother complex and just go, here, yeah, you. I'm married to this lovely lady and I have a lovely son and you will do exactly as you're told. And if you don't like it, sod off. But actually, Fenella needs to, you know, have some acceptance of the situation. You know, Kingsley's moved on. You know, maybe it's, it's somebody needs to talk to Fenella in that kind of objective way. And at least, you know, give her the option to change her ways because she's going to lose the family. She's going to lose her son and her daughter-in-law and, again, little Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah. Because he's, he's not going to... He's going to hate her after that, isn't he, with his short back and sides and little glasses? I mean, there he goes into school, you know. I mean, what did he do for the weekend? Me grandma turned us into Jacob Rees-Mogg. Even children know who that man is. I would be absolutely furious with Fenella for doing that. I would be furious. But I I... I can see why it's caused a bit of... But it, I think she should have a, a Veronica should have an argument with Fenella because really that's between the two of them. Kingsley absolutely has to grow a pair. I'm very proud of my hairy bikers here for actually agreeing with that. But Kingsley also needs to be able to stand up and go, I've got my new family, I've got my own family, that's my son. And so, Mum, Fenella darling, you need to just back off here. Rather than... I don't think it should be a husband and wife argument here. This should be a... Oh be the two of them against Fenella and go Fenella back off you cut my hair like that years and years ago I'm not having it you're not doing it to my son now I and I yeah so I would be outraged however I'm also a mum of a boy or two boys and I would be you know I am going to be Fenella one day I know it I can see it coming I'm going to be posh Fenella one day it's, ah. it's coming down the line I will be the woman that goes I really think my darling grandson needs to look a little smarter and a little better and give him a side parting and make him look gorgeous and, and I could see her moment being taken and like a horrible feeling I might take the same moment myself one day you know, see I think the family needs to stand together and just lay down the boundaries and saying I'm really sorry this is the way it is 
and um, we've got to reach a compromise or else, Fenella, you're going to suffer inside. Yes, and who's going to look after you when you're old? Because just because you're old doesn't mean to say you're nice. Oh, Simon, families, families, families. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Well, thank you for listening. And we will be doing the same thing again next week. So please remember to send in your problems for our pearls of wisdom. And thank you, Tash, for joining us with your common sense approach, the balance. Anyway, what's the email address, Si? It's agonyuncles at theherrybikers.com. There'll be a new episode next Friday, but would you follow us or subscribe to make sure you don't miss the new ones? Oh, yeah, you've got to subscribe. Go on. Well, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.